I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Well, he's been so consistent all year. Not the taste, the consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. And we are back. It's 2020. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I am your host, Bob Lung, of Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Once again, sitting on the other side of the glass, my good friend, uh, all the way from Fort Myers, Florida, Mr. Ron Rigney. Ron, how's it going down south? Doing great, man. We're getting you know getting into that uh, that baseball mode here. We don't we don't normally talk about baseball on here, but we got a little surprise for you coming up. We went to oh, ra- went to we race fest yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. How was man. that? Good time. Oh, it was always a great time, man. Yeah, got, got got some new Rays gear. Met Blake Snell. Got a got a Blake Snell autographed baseball to put in nice. the man cave. Um, just always a good time. Always a good time. Everybody's optimistic in in, in Tampa this year. It's going to be a good season, but just it's it's that time of year. Everybody's reporting to spring training. There's going to be games in a couple of weeks. So yep, good stuff. Let's go. Well, speaking of baseball, you know where I was a couple weeks ago. I was out in Goodyear, Arizona, for the Indians fantasy camp. I got to. Be a Cleveland Indian for a week, and uh, it was a lot of fun. If uh, For those of you who may have heard this before, I was out there five years ago and had the most perfect week I think I've ever had in my life. Um, we won the whole thing. Our team won it all. We won the championship. It, was, it couldn't have been any more perfect. This time, eh, not so much. Great time still by all. Loved it, but it was just a lot of things didn't go as I planned, or at least as I thought. Um, we had the best team on paper, but guess what? We didn't even make the playoffs. Um, we definitely had a consistency problem, not going to lie, especially our offense. Uh, we did not make the playoffs, but <laughs> interestingly enough, when we played the pros on Friday morning, we get to play one inning against all the pros, and we beat them three to nothing, and no other team beat them. Nice. And it's very rare that anybody beats them. I stroked a nice little single up the middle against Eric Plunk. Yeah, uh, we actually uh, we we put Plunk down for three runs on six hits, and uh, you know, and then we held them to no hits or uh, not actually one hit, uh, and shut them out and won our game or won our quote our inning three to nothing. So that was kind of the highlight of the week. But anyway, uh, it rained one day and got an entire rain out. I know it's hard to believe in Arizona. It was only the second time it happened in ten years. So just things didn't go as well, but still a fun week. It was great. So, but. As Ron says, we have a huge announcement. Uh, first of all, everybody, th- thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening again to the Big Guy Fantasy Sports uh, fo- Fantasy Football Consistency Show. Uh, we will be here every week going forward now for uh, you know basically the rest of the year. We took a little time off there to kind of refresh and regroup. Uh, and what did we do in that time period? Well, glad you asked. Starting this afternoon... You can go to BigGuyFantasySports.com right now. And if you play fantasy football, or I'm sorry, you play fantasy football, you wouldn't be listening. But if you play fantasy foot baseball as well, guess what? If you're in a head-to-head league where you've got you know weekly competitions and you're playing in points or maybe it's cu- cumulative uh, point scenario, uh, probably – You've probably thought, man, you know what? I could use a little consistency in that and know who's consistent week in and week out that I can count on, you know, to help me get through the week and and win my games and that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? We're here for you. As of today, you can go to the site right now and find the entire fantasy baseball consistency report 
exactly the same like the football, but with baseball stats. All the positions are covered from catcher to relief pitcher. Uh, Ron Rigney, of course, is uh, out there doing his thing. He's got the uh, catchers, correct? First base. First base, sorry. Yep, you're right. First base. Uh, but a lot of great new writers. Definitely go and check it out if you're in any baseball league or if you know people who are in fantasy baseball league, especially head-to-head. Obviously, rotisserie doesn't work as well. But head-to-head leagues, come and check out the site. Ron, now I know you've seen it. We've got everything posted today. Uh, we're getting Twitter a buzz, which, of course, we're kind of overwhelmed by the Oscars right now. So we'll keep working on getting Twitter a buzz for the baseball stuff. But uh, really excited about this. Wanted to know your thoughts. I know that we're going to be coming on the Nasty Cast and some of the shows so that we can help promote this on those uh, as well that you're a part of. But what are your thoughts right now as we kick off fantasy baseball consistency for the first time? Well, it's just cool to see it, you know, kind of come to fruition here because, you know, we started talking about this, old, I think, about oh, a month or so ago and got everybody on board with that and, and just, you know, adding all the writers that we've added. I mean, we've got guys that have covered, you know, we, like you said, we've got everything covered 100%. And it's going to read, the, the report's going to read just like that fantasy uh, football consistency report that you're used to. We've mm-hmm. got the clutch rating. We've got the weeks that they were consistent. We've got the weeks they played. We've got the X consistency. We got it all just like the football, and it's yep. and you know like when you think about it, it's a concept that makes sense because your your football leagues are essentially head to head baseball format in a way. So right. it makes sense that we throw this out there, but uh, you know it's it's thorough. You know we've got at least twenty to thirty guys covered every position, a few more in the outfield, a few more at starting pitcher, but we, we've we've covered everything you need as far as being consistent in your leagues this year for sure. Right. And the consistency report, as Ron said, has that data that you're used to when you're used to the football. So, for example, I'm looking at the first base, which, of course, Ron covered extremely well uh, and got some great analysis in there. But, you know, you look at the top of the list, Pete Alonzo, number one, 92 percent consistent. Cody Bellinger, 83 percent consistent and first in total points. But sneaking in there at 85 percent even though he's only 13th rank in fantasy points, is Matt Olson, who I know is definitely in an up-and-coming uh, first baseman for the Oakland A's. 85% consistency, uh, got a nice X consistency of 22.19. So he's right there. you know. So that's the kind of stuff, just like you look in football, you're looking for those guys that didn't have the high total points possibly, but have some high consistency and vice versa like and i don't even know how to pronounce it. i'm sure you know how to pronounce this guy this place for houston uleski is that how you pronounce it uleski guriel right so ninth in total points last year but guess what only 58 percent consistency so just like i said anthony rizzo 12th in total points only 54 percent consistency so that's the kind of stuff we're bringing out for you just like we did for football we want to help you identify in your leagues that are doing head-to-head you want to make sure you're identifying the most consistent players as you're drafting and getting some value out of them that nobody else is going to have available to them data-wise and analysis-wise to bring you the best in fantasy baseball, just like we've always brought you the best in fantasy football consistency as well. So, Ron, uh, again, thank you for all your help, and uh, it's going to be a great time looking forward to this. But we've got to talk about football, and tonight is the Oscars. Lots of awards being given away for the movies, but we've got the best awards to give away. And, of course, those are the 2019 
Fantasy Football Consistency Awards. Tonight, we're going to hit the quarterback position. For those of you who have followed us for the past few years, you know this is an annual event. We really get into finding you know, and giving the awards. And sometimes the awards are kind of more a kick in the nuts to the, these poor players, kind of like our first one, the worst value uh, this award goes to the quarterback who had the highest ADP at the beginning of the season. Basically, high, you know, everybody was after this guy, really thought he would be your man, and you probably drafted him as your starting quarterback, but ended the season with the worst combination of total fantasy points and consistency, thus making him the worst value at quarterback in 2019. Ron, I'm going to throw it out to you. Who is your first nominated quarterback for this award? My first nominee is going to be a guy that is very, very close to home for for you, Bob. And yet again, a guy that everybody was on the hype train for, for not just him, but the team. Everything was looking up in Cleveland. And all of a sudden, they had to actually go out and play the games. And, and, and that's kind of the biggest part of it is things didn't go too well as, as far as what we were looking for. And my, my nominee for this award is going to be obviously Baker Mayfield. And and I got sucked into that hype train as well. Yeah, I think a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people oh, did. We did. You know? and, and, and and you know, considering like what we said, we saw off of his rookie season, the addition of Odell Beckham, the addition of uh, you know Kareem Hunt after eight weeks. You've got Jarvis Landry there. You've got David Njoku there. We were just expecting big things, but when you've got the guy that's the the fourth quarterback off the board, the fifty fourth total player coming off the board, underperforming the way he the, the way that he did. He's got to be up there as far as, as as one of my guys that's going to be nominated for this award. So let's see how it goes. All right. Well, the winner is not Baker Mayfield, but Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, man, what a – I don't even know how to say it. Uh, you know, it was just a weird year for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers because guess what? The Green Bay Packers had a very good season, made the playoffs, had a great record. But Aaron Rodgers, you know – uh, like I said, he's definitely had a Hall of Fame career, and maybe someday he'll be coming to the Hall of Fame. I'm sure he will. But, man, the past couple of years has been so inconsistent. Last year he was ranked seventh in total points, only 56% consistent. So you got to think, hey, there's no way he could be worse, right? Right? Well, guess what? <laughs> he did. Everyone who was expecting a bounce-back season, his preseason ADP was QB3, right behind Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. His overall ADP was early fifth round, pick 49, but his results in 2019 were horrendous. 11th in total points, only 38% consistency, which ranked him 26th. Yes, Mayfield had a bad year, but at least he was 50% consistent. Uh, It's not great, but man... What do we do? I mean, I'm certainly not drafting Aaron Rodgers next year, and neither should anybody who's listening to this show. But is it time for him to? Is it time for the Packers to draft a quarterback for the future? I mean, they're winning football games, so it's hard to argue from a football NFL standpoint. But from a fantasy standpoint, I'm not even sure I could draft him as a backup anymore. What I mean, I thoughts? could take him as a backup, but uh, he's he's somebody that I've not been on for the last few years. I think I maybe have him in one dynasty, but it's just because I've had him, I think for three, four years in that one. But yeah, it's, it's kind of starting to look that way. And I don't really know, you know, I don't get to see him play a whole lot being down here in South Florida, but it's one of those things that I don't know necessarily what the issues are. I mean, but when you look at just the, now, granted it was against a great team, a great defense in the 49ers, right. But you just look at how they got their doors blown off in the playoffs against the 49ers. And, and, you know, he was right there 
as, as one of the issues as far as what happened. So I, he, somebody I haven't been on for a couple of years in redrafts, and yeah, I don't really feel comfortable drafting him as my QB one, QB two maybe, but it would have to it would depend upon the bye week and the bye week matchup for sure. Right now it's uh, it's tough. Um, like you said, he's just he had some good games. Um, and that's the thing. If we can identify just those good games, you know, he could maybe be a good DFS. But you know, is the DFS folks ever going to really? undervalue you know value him so low that he's really worth picking in a dfs that's going to be the tough part because it's going to be hard to say oh yeah let's put him at you know four thousand dollars for quarterback because it's not going to happen he's aaron Rodgers; you can't do it but all right so let's move on to the best value this award goes to the quarterback that had the lowest adp at the beginning of the season and ended the season with the best combination of total fantasy points and consistency thus making the best value and I'm going to go first and nominate Josh Allen. I mean, this guy, you know, certainly was not very high on most ADP list. Uh, you know, he went into the season, you know, he had a decent second half uh, last year for the Bills uh, as a rookie. You know, I saw some value in him. I, I, I drafted him and maybe as a backup in some leagues, but I didn't go, certainly didn't go crazy over the guy, um, you know, but. Uh, he really did a nice job this year. Comes in ninth in total points, 69% consistency, which ranked him ninth as well. Uh, his uh, X consistency, 14.08. So, you know, not too bad. I, I thought this was a pretty good rebound uh, for him and, uh, you know, definitely gave him a lot of good value. So, uh, Ron, I'm going to give it back to you for your recommendation. And, and the thing is, real quick with Josh Allen, too, you've got guys, when you look at his ADP, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo and Mitch Trubisky at higher ADPs than Josh Allen. Oh, yeah, and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, Q, it was QB 21. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the one I'm looking at, he was QB 21. So he yeah. was definitely down there. Yes, sir. So my, my nominee is going to be, I think, the obvious choice, though. And while Josh Allen is a great selection, we're going to go with the num- basically the number one guy in fantasy football, the number one guy as far as the league MVP, and that's Lamar Jackson. It, it, it's kind of an obvious choice here if you know for him to be the winner 14th quarterback off the board pick 106 and you know you can't say enough about what he did and 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 when I look at my own teams I had three teams that I finished really really well it's not a coincidence that he was my quarterback in all three of those teams and he was drafted as my backup in all three of those teams so when you can hit on a pick like that he's 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 got to be a heavy favorite for this award and you're right he is and because in fact he did win. He uh, is the winner. So for the second year in a row, interestingly enough, guess who won this last year? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, so the, for the second year in a row, a relatively inexperienced quarterback stepped into the starting role, very little hype, and blew the doors off the fantasy world. I mean, you know, there were some people who were like, I think he has a shot. I think he could do well. But let's be honest, he didn't really show anything the year before. He had flashes. I think his best game was the last game of the year against the Browns when he went off for like 125 yards rushing and put up like 35 fantasy points. But it was week 17 and it was against the Browns. Nobody gave that any thought, you know, even thought process of like, oh, yeah, that right there proves that he's great. Uh, I don't think anybody. And then we, I saw some preseason film of him throwing ducks in preseason. I'm like, this kid just doesn't have it. But whatever happened, whatever magic dust, uh, you know, Mr. Harbaugh sprinkled on him to make him into a machine, they did just that. And like I said, he, he was an ADP of QB 13. Um, all he did was end the year first in both in total points, 58 points ahead of second place and a consistency rating of 93%. Uh, 
Um, I'm sure Lamar will win, win some other awards as we go through the evening, but, you know, um, where do you see Lamar going next year ADP-wise? Now, I think there is some early ADPs. I was, I think I was just out here the other day on uh, our favorite site, FantasyFootballCalculator.com, and uh, I was going to pull it up here, look at our quarterbacks. Um, so we got Lamar at 212, um, you know, end of the second round, which is pretty much where Mahomes was going last year. Mahomes, according to the ADP right now, is at 301. Um, is it worth grabbing either one of these guys at the end of the second round, early third? To me, it's still a little too early. What about you? Yeah, it's it, it's always early for me to pull a trigger on a quarterback there. But, I mean, it's one of those things if you want to get one of those two guys, if you have your draft plan set and your heart set on them, you're right. going to have to pay that. And you might have to pay even more than that. I look for that to go up a little bit as the season goes up, though. Right. Because, I mean, it, it, again, these are early ADPs, um, mm-hmm. drafts between November 14th. Why would there be a mock draft at November 14th, 2019? <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you know, you've got then Deshaun Watson at 412, Russell Wilson at 505, Aaron Rodgers still fifth quarterback off the board at 512. Um, you know, I, I just feel like, Heck, if Josh Allen's going to be in the eighth round, I'll wait for him and then grab Matt Ryan in the ninth round, and I think I'd be pretty decent with that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston's at nine eleven or 14th quarterback. So I think there's some value in these you know quarterbacks you can wait on. Yeah, there's a little bit of consistency issues maybe with each of them somewhat, but, you know, we did the con streaming for quarterbacks last year or this past year. And, you know, was pretty successful with it, you know, using guys like Matt Ryan and Roethlisberger until he got hurt and various others, Russell Wilson. Um, and I think we could do that again this year. And we'll probably be looking at that more in depth as we keep putting together the consistency guide information and documentation. But, um, you know, I think that it's one of those where I don't know if we could take the chance because that's just so early to take a quarterback. But we'll have to wait and see, you know, um, last year Mahomes – Kind of fell sometimes in some drafts. You know, remember the Kings Classic? Um, they was going like the fifth round. I got him for like $13 in our auction league. I think you got him. Did you get him in a couple of leagues? Mahomes? Mahomes, no. No. no I, had, I had a pretty healthy dose of Lamar Jackson everywhere, but I don't think I right. had one league where I had Mahomes this year. Yeah, I only had him in the one, and that was the uh, the Kings Classic auction league because I, br- I brought him up first thinking he would go really expensive and I went to $14 and everybody stopped and I made the playoffs with that team. So he got me there, but you know, it's definitely, definitely didn't, you know, do, you know, put up the numbers he did the year before, which is why I probably didn't get much further. Plus, of course I ran into, you know, that combination of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Devante Parker and, and, and uh, Kenyon Drake against the other team. So anyway, but hmm. I'm not bitter. Just saying. No, definitely not. All right, let's move on. Rookie of the year. Um, I'm not even put up a nomination because there wasn't anybody who competed with this guy. Of course, the winner is by far Kyle, Kyler Murray. Um, you know, he was the number one pick overall in the NFL, handed the starting role. So it makes sense. He should be the rookie of the year. Doesn't always work that way. Hence Baker Mayfield. Uh, Kyler Murray, though, didn't disappoint. If you remember from our annual rookies versus consistency article, very few quarterbacks in their first season exceed a 60% clutch rate. However, Murray did do that with 63%, ended the year ranked seventh in total points. Uh, he's certainly going to be a QB1 next year for somebody's fantasy team. He may be a little bit overhyped, so be careful. But, Ron, 
Right now, I'm looking at it. He's sixth round, 606. Um, how comfortable are you with Kyler Murray as your starting quarterback in the sixth round next year? I think I'm pretty comfortable with it just for the fact I don't think he's going to post what he did, like what Lamar Jackson did, but I think right. you're definitely going to get some serious value with the legs there. But also, I look for them to add some weapons around him. Obviously, he's going to have another year under his belt, but that whole experiment went a lot better than what I thought it would. So hats off to him and hats off to uh, Cliff Kingsbury there as well to you know be able to put an offense around him and, and chart plays around him that are going to make him ultra successful. But I, I'm very comfortable with that in the sixth round. I'd be definitely all right with him as my starter, especially with you know if I went wide receiver, running back up until that point. I, right. I think that looks pretty good. I do too. Here's the only thing I'm going to throw out, and this obviously will be well documented in the guide. I might even bust into my uh, game game pass and watch some of these games. But you know, he went two for five over the last five games, and the one he did earn, one of the two, was in week 17, which you never kind of can bank on being a true game. You know, um, that everybody's really playing hard unless they're playing for playoff spots. Um, that's the only thing that scares me is that, you know, he was actually right up there in the 70, 80 percentile. And then after week, after his buy from week 13 on, I, I don't know if teams figured him out or is it the fact that Kenny Drake came into town and the running game got in, got off, you know, finally got something moving and they didn't need to throw the ball. So not sure, but that's the only thing I'm looking at the uh, clutch games by week and I see something there that I want to investigate a little bit deeper. You know, was it a, you know, the running game was working? So they, you know, because we can remember one of those games against the Browns when Drake had, what, three or four rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So obviously Kyler Murray didn't have to throw the ball because they were killing him. So that's what I have to look at. I, you know, I don't have all that in depth in front of me, but uh, that's the only thing that kind of worries me. But I do like Kyler Murray a lot as a six-round guy. Uh, you know, you know their defense isn't going to be that great, so they're going to be, you know, always playing catch-up. But if they got a running game and Kenny Drake is really as good as we think he is, and you know, but let's say they switch back and they decide to you know go back to David Johnson and everybody's healthy and you've got Chase Edmonds, then it's definitely maybe worth you know staying with going with Kyra Murray because he certainly was putting up great numbers, um, high consistency numbers early in the season or before week twelve, um, before Drake came into town. So we'll have to wait and see. All right, we move on to uh, one of our awards called the Clutch Less. So this award, it goes to the quarterback that ended the season with a high ranking in total fantasy points, but his consistency was lower than expected, therefore making him look more valuable due to high points rank than he may have been worth to his fantasy teams. And Ron, I'm going to throw it out to you for the first nomination for the Clutch Less Award. Well, I'm going to give an honorable mention to our guy, Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to pick on him all night, but he's definitely somebody I'm going to mention here. 11th ranked overall, 26th in consistency. You mentioned right. that earlier. But I'm going to go with my official nominee being a guy you mentioned just a minute ago, and that's Jameis Winston. Third in total points. He did finish 12th in consistency, 63%. But when you're high up around that, you know, we've got our first and second guys right there also in total points and consistency. And then you've got number three all the way down there at 12. It's kind of hard to trust. You know, he did put up some some impressive point totals, but also the guy threw 30 interceptions as well. So uh, I think he might be our first uh, 
you know, you think of 30-30 being a baseball term, but you don't want to see your quarterback be a 30-30 guy, but he definitely accomplished that for sure. Not unless it's 30 touchdowns passing and 30 touchdowns rushing. Then that's it's a, a big that's deal. That's the kind we like right there. That's the kind you want to see. That that may never happen in our lifetime. Unless, if, unless eh, you never know. I, I mean, Lamar could do it. If anybody can do it. Anyway, so uh, good nominee. Good nomination. Um, I, I definitely would have been high on my list. But the winner and uh, is Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, he He's so hard to predict. So heading into this past year, Russell Wilson um, had five straight years where he started off with two clutch games or less out of the first five games. So tremendous slow starter. Then would come on and have a great rest of the year and usually end up about 70 75% and be very solid for you. 2019, he starts off with not only three straight clutch games, but goes five out of his first six. And I thought, oh, here we go. Now, I didn't get a lot of Russell Wilson. He was a little bit, I don't know, I guess I was either always picking Deshaun Watson or I was waiting a little bit farther and picking up Mayfield or somebody. So I didn't get a lot of Russell Wilson this year. Um, I think I had him a couple of leagues. So anyway, so he's, you know, like you said, he would heat up at the end. Well, what happens this year is he goes the opposite direction and only earns five more clutch games over his last 11 games, and one of those was in Week 17. So his preseason ADP was QB8. He ends the season ranked fourth in total points, but only has a 56% clutch rating, which ranked him 16th. And this is probably the lowest I've seen his consistency in years. So the question is, can we put him in the top five still, which he already is ADP-wise looking into 2020, at least from Fantasy Football Calculator. He's going as uh, the fourth quarterback overall. Uh, 505 is the pick. What are your thoughts on Russell Wilson, and will you draft him at that spot in 2020? Can you trust him, or is the Seattle Seahawks team just a different scenario now? I mean, I'd like to see them add some more weapons. I'd like to see, you know, if Will Disley can come back and be a, an important piece of that. I'd love to see them add a, a receiver or two. I, I mean, I'm I'm okay with him as my quarterback. I just don't know if I'm okay with it in the fifth round. I think I'd rather wait another round and, and pick up Kyler Murray myself if I'm going right. to wait until that, that scenario. But the other thing is, too, um, I don't know if you've seen this lately, but Russell Wilson's new haircut might prevent me from drafting him altogether. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if you've oh, seen no. that. What did, um, no, it, I have it, not. It, it, it's kind of a combination of some 80s prints. And I don't know if you remember the WWF wrestler Razor Ramon. No, but it's kind of okay. It's kind of so a very Jerry Curl. Is that what we're going for Jerry what? Curl kind of? A little. It's got a okay. little bit of that flair. I, I I can't explain it. You just got to search it up for yourself. You, you right. won't. You'll Google it. You'll find it in about five seconds, and then you can draw your own conclusions from there. I mean, we're not talking like he's going like Kurt Warner's wife esque. He's just kind of going no, for more of a Jerry it, Curl Prince. No, yeah, it's more like okay. I don't. I can't even explain it. You just got to see right. it. All right, so folks, if you're out there, look for it. I, I I don't want to interrupt the show to look, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, so Russell Wilson, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, like I said, after his, you know, he totally flipped what he'd always been doing. It's just like I I, I don't even know if I can trust this guy anymore. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, every you know, there's so many. I mean, we said this last year, and where I guess we'll just keep saying this every year is quarterbacks are so hard to trust, you know, and if they aren't then you're picking them in round four or sooner, which is Lamar Jackson and Mahomes and Watson. You know, um, 
Interestingly enough, we there is no awards for Dak Prescott. No, I take that back. Never mind. We'll get to him. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's go to the clutch more here. Uh, this is the quarterback that ends the season with a low ranking in total fantasy points, but his consistency was higher than expected, therefore making him look less valuable due to the high points rank. But he was actually worth more. And, you know, I, this is an interesting one. So I'm going to throw out uh, for my nomination. Uh, man, who am I going to throw out? Um, so I'm going to throw out. Um, hmm. Well, I'm going to throw out Matthew Stafford because he was 29th in total points because he missed the last eight games. But leading up to that, he was 75% consistent through the first eight games of the year, which actually tied him, you know, with guys like Ryan Tannehill. He's right there with Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan. So uh, he's my nomination for the Clutch Moore Award. Ron, I'm going to give it to you and let you uh, take it from there. Well, you just mentioned my nominee for this, and it's going to be the guy that would win the Left for Dead Award as well, and that's Mr. Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. I mean, a guy that, you know, got handed the job in Miami, got chances and chances and chances, and then signed on. <laughs> Uh, in Tennessee, and lo and behold, beat out Marcus Mariota, which honestly, the way Marcus Mariota has played the last couple seasons, not that hard of a, a task. Right. But I don't think anybody expected Ryan Tannehill to come out of nowhere. And Ryan Tannehill is one of those guys that if you get him on waivers when he was uh, available, he was probably a league winner for you if you were able to capitalize oh, yeah. on, on right. those on those 12 games that he started. But 22nd in total points with 258 uh, total points, but 75% consistent right there as far as uh, consistency-wise, just above our guy Matthew Stafford there that you just nominated. Right, right. And hey, you're right. That is the winner. Um, Tannehill, uh, you know, could have could have taken the Comeback Player of the Year award, which is the next award we're going to go to here in a second. Uh, but I felt he deserved this a little bit more. Becomes a starter in Week 7, ends the year ranked 22nd in total points. X-Consistency ranked him 7th and is 75% clutch rating, which may, left him going 9 for 12 uh, oh, you know, for his 75% left him tied for third consistency. Throw into that that he ripped off those nine really in the last 10 games. The first two games he was kind of started a little slow, um, you know, but, you know, and, and he had some spots where he filled in. So that's why he played 12 games, but he really only started 10. He started week seven, you know, in week seven and went from that. So those 10 games, he was really nine for 10. So he was 90% consistent. Uh, the reason there's two other games in there is because of the fact that he filled in for Mariota, I think, at the end of some right. games where he may have came out for a series or two due to injuries. But he, but when he really started those games, he was 9 for 10. Uh, now, interestingly enough, what happened to him in the playoffs? Darren Henry runs rampant, and he threw, what, like 10 times in one game or mm-hmm. something? Like, didn't he have, like, 10 attempts in one of the games, I think? So, yeah, one of the games, I think he had, like, 70. I think it might have been the New England game. He had, like, 76 yards. Yeah, right. So that's my only concern is, like, okay, what happens if Derrick Henry keeps running well? Will we have these games where he could hurt us? So, you know, again, right now, um, yeah, he's still <laughs> – I'm looking for him in the ADP. Tannehill is at now. He's right now. It says he's at quarterback twenty three, thirteen oh six. 
I hope he stays there. I wouldn't even care if he just happens to be round 10 or 11. He's going to be a great backup. That's going to be a definite value if you can get him as a backup. Talk about streaming. I mean, if we can get guys like Tannenhill and Winston and Ryan and Josh Allen and we can stream these, um, then we're going to be able to put together some great quarterback numbers. So definitely will be one of our streaming guys. I can almost guarantee it right now um, as we head into the year. So uh, anyway, um, all right, so yeah, so good choice there. Ryan Tannehill, the winner for the Clutch Moore. All right, so let's move into the Clutch Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, this goes to the quarterback that ended 2018 with a poor ranking in points and consistency, but 19 had a great had the greatest improvement in both categories. Like I said, Tannehill was right up there, um, and I'm just going to kind of move because we're getting you know, a little close on time, and I want to have some more time available. Um, so I think Tannehill would have been the obvious one. I think you agree, Ron, that he would have been the obvious uh, nominee, one of the obvious nominees for Comeback Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the winner was, and it was a close race, was Dak Prescott. And uh, I said, you know, Prescott had such a great year overall. It's hard to not give him this award. Um, he was an afterthought backup in most, tw- uh, you know, most 12-team leagues. His ADP was QB 16. The year before, he was 47% clutch rate, really hadn't shown any consistency since his rookie season. Based on that alone, his 2019 numbers of being second place ranking in both total points and consistency of 81% is an amazing comeback. The question is, Ron, for you and me, is can he do it again? Can he keep that consistency up? His OCs should still be there. I don't think he left. Um, now, they lost their head coach, obviously. Um, we, they're, they're bringing in, um, gosh, who are they bringing in? Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. So, you know, good quarterbacks coach as well. Um, do you see him maintain this? Right now, his ADP, Prescott, is now QB7, obviously a little bit of an improvement. But he's going at the end of the seventh, sixth round, probably early seventh. Are you good with taking Dak Prescott as your QB1? I think so, and, and kind of like you said with McCarthy coming in, he, you know, he had some great years in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and as the season went on with Dak Prescott, I remember every week we would talk about, okay, when's the week this is going to fall off? When's right. the, when is the week that this is not going to happen? And as you can see, out of the, the 13 out of 16 for the 81% clutch rating, that really didn't necessarily happen. So I, I think at round six, round seven, I think I'd be okay with, with drafting him as my quarterback, and I, I think he can keep it up. I think he can keep up with the, the consistency uh, for sure. Like, any, like I said, I'd like to see just like with Kyler Murray. I'd like to see that maybe add a couple more weapons here and there, but I think he'll right. be just fine. Well, and of course, the great thing is that he plays in the NFC East, which means he gets mm-hmm. to go twice against the terrible Giants pass defense, twice against the terrible Redskins defense, and twice against the Philadelphia Eagles terrible pass defense. So mm-hmm. those six games alone should just give you some reason to draft him. And again, definitely could be one of those guys that we're going to look at from a con streaming standpoint for quarterbacks. Um, you get him like your, you know, like you said, sixth, seventh round, you know, and then grab one of these other guys later in your draft. I think it's going to be definitely. Uh, a good choice. So, all right. So that comes to our last one, the big yeehaw of the uh, the entire event, the movie of the year uh, award, best movie, best motion picture. Here we're giving the best clutch uh, quarterback of the season. And Rod, I don't think we even have to go into nominees for this. Uh-huh. This is a hands down. This is almost as easy as Patrick Mahomes was last year, and yep. that is, of course, Lamar Jackson. Um, his only blemish this year was week five against Pittsburgh, 
but 93% consistency, 58 points ahead of Dak Prescott at number two. Uh, Jackson actually took week 17 off for the playoffs, so he did not play, so that's why he was um, 14 out of 15. Uh, so not because he was hurt, not because he did poorly. It was just, you know, they had clinched their spot. Uh, his ex-consistency was ranked at, also ranked number one, 28.25. Dak is second at 20.14, almost eight full points. That's uh-huh. just absurd difference between the two. Uh, there were actually only two quarterbacks even over 20 points ex-consistency, and that was those two. So he is definitely the runaway MVP for quarterback. Uh, your thoughts, and again, kind of going back to what we talked about uh, before, um, can we trust him for a return to these numbers? Were these numbers a, you know, I mean, they, they were certainly great numbers. They weren't 50 touchdowns like Mahomes, but from a fantasy standpoint, definitely, you know, one of the highest point totals we've seen in a while. Um, you know, I think Mahomes was 490 the year before, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking that up, but what are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's any. it would be any shock if you saw a little bit of regression as far as points because it gives teams a full year of film to look at and a full year, you know, full off season to prepare for, you know, something they didn't really know what they were going to have to prepare for coming into this season. So right. I, I see no reason that he couldn't be the number one quarterback in total points and uh, consistency next year. But for, with that 455 point total, like I said, I don't think that there, you should be shocked if you do pay that price for him. You see a little bit of a dip. I don't think the dip is going to be very much. So I think it's going to be minimal. I think he's still going to be a dominant player. Right. The only thing that always scares me, of course, is any running quarterback mm-hmm. is the fact that there's an injury risk. You know, mm-hmm. somebody hits hits him from the side, takes him out by the knee. Um, you know, uh, I always kind of I remember talking all season, and I'll, I'll bring it up again. Is you know this is you know, we've all remember Robert Griffin's first full year. Um, and I think it was his rookie season. And, you know, everybody thought that this guy was unstoppable. He's unbeatable. He's going to be around forever. He's the man. And within two years, he was pretty much, you know, injuries and the hits took their toll. And, you know, now he's nowhere to be seen other than a backup occasionally. So, um, you know, that's the only thing that scares me. I mean, Mahomes was that way too, but he didn't run as much, but, now, his knee injury was such a fluke thing. I remember watching that on TV, and I still looked at it and went, I didn't, it didn't seem like he got hit that hard. But obviously his knee popped, and you know he was out for a few games. And that was the only thing that really hurt him this year, I think, was that you know, missing those few games, um, you know, heading, heading down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, so I think Lamar's, you know, it'd be interesting if they get him some real weapons – you know, I mean, you know, remember, he's doing all of this throwing to guys like Willie Sneed, Marquise Brown, who was up and down all year. Uh, Mark Andrews, obviously a very talented tight end. Um, they st- she st- seemed to, to uh, stay with the short intermediate passing. Didn't do a lot of long balls downfield, even though Lamar can throw that. Um, you know, what are your thoughts if they go out and get a deep threat, you know, like the John Brown that they had from two years ago that, could stretch that defense it could be actually get scarier could it <laughs> oh absolutely i mean any any and any additions they make to are, are only going to be icing on the cake i mean when you look at the supporting cast that he had and what he was able to do i mean i know he had mark andrews and he had a solid running game and he ran himself obviously but that i mean that's just icing on the cake for that now if they do go out and add some weapons you might see 
that kind of cut into the, the, the running a little bit, which, like you said, as far as from an injury standpoint, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it could possibly cut into those rushing touchdowns. So you, that might be something that might hurt a little bit, but that kind of feeds back into what I was saying about don't be surprised if there is a little bit of dip in that production. Right, right. Um, we got about five minutes to talk, which is what I was kind of hoping for. We kind of look at the rest of the quarterbacks. Now, one of the surprising uh, things is that the uh, is that though he was nominated for an award, no awards went to Jameis Winston, even though he certainly uh, could have been one of the winners of the clutch uh, less with your um, high totals but low consistency. Um, you know, it's been talked that um, down your neck of the woods about Philip Rivers moving to Florida, the fact that he could end up in Tampa Bay. What are your thoughts? I just don't see them doing anything with Winston, especially with an old guy like Philip Rivers. I mean, I don't see that helping that team at all. No, I don't think that makes you any better. And, you know, despite the amount of interceptions he did have, you know, if he if he could even cut that in, you know, down to 20, which is still a pretty huge number, that mm-hmm. would make them that would make them a much better football team. And I and, and the thing with Bruce Arians too, I don't think necessarily Philip Rivers makes you any better. I think he just kind of puts you back to where you, what you have right now, only with less arm strength. You don't. I don't think at this point Bruce Arians is going to bring in a totally new guy because I don't think he has all that many years to see a, a you know, a, a young guy come in and try to rebuild the whole thing from the ground up. So right. I, I think it's kind of silly if they do anything crazy as far as as go outside of of Winston because I mean he's a guy there. You know, he knows the uh, knows the offense, knows the guys around him. Seems cut down on the turnovers and the decision making, and I don't know if that's really something that you know. When you, when you talk about whatever team it is you follow, and you want them to go get another quarterback, the only problem is, okay, fine, who are you going to replace him with? And I don't see too right. many replacements that are going to give you much more than he does already. Right, I agree too. And and you know, if anything, maybe Rivers goes to Miami. But they already got an old guy in Fitzpatrick. I don't know why they need two old guys. So I don't know what they'll do there, but. Yeah, I think I think really could help Tampa and help Winston actually would be to get a real running back that can actually take some pressure off him and force him to not throw the ball as much, maybe not make be forced in those bad decisions because they're playing from far behind, um, and get a decent running back. You know, there's been talk about David Johnson going there because he played with Arians, uh, and I think that would make a lot of sense at this point mm-hmm. uh, because one, I don't think Cardinals, you know, well, I mean, you know, they, I don't know if they'd be able to cut some of that salary, you know, but they could, you know, get out of not having to get a big contract with him. Um, you know, they've got Chase Edmonds, who wasn't bad as well, but it seems like they have a love fest for Kenyon Drake, as they should, because he was very good. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, um, you know, what's going to happen. You know, the draft, there's some pretty decent running backs coming out. Uh, Tampa Bay obviously has, uh, you know, pretty high pick, so we'll have to wait and see there. So, all right, so we got about three minutes left, Ron. So let's go back to uh, baseball. Let's talk about your baseball, what you're doing right now with the boys uh, from Nasty Cast and Fantrax. So we are continuing on with uh, on the Dynasty show. We're continuing on with our minor league previews. We just did uh, Texas Rangers farm system last week, and we did you know we went I think ten deep, and then we went five more for our Patreon people that subscribe. So they got a little bit extra on the Rangers farm system, somewhat deep. Uh, farm system, a couple of guys at the top that are, that are it's a little top heavy, but um, we did that. And then we did our shortstop preview um, this coming week. I'm not sure who, which system we're going to go over. We're getting to the point where we're kind of uh, getting through them all. And then uh, this week's going to be part one of our outfield preview. So we'll, we'll have that for you uh, Wednesday with the, the nasty cast with the outfield preview and then Thursday with the uh, dynasty pod. 
Nice. So when I was out at fantasy camp two weeks ago, um, they did have all of their um, rookies, uh, mostly guys that they had just drafted. So uh, what do you have? You guys had your talk about the Indians farm system yet? And what are your thoughts on the uh, young kid? As 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 it's not Espinoza. Espino. Espino. Thank you, Daniel Espino. Yeah, is the is the guy. Um, It's been a while since we've we've talked about them. Um, I know. Kind of caught me off guard here. I got to look here. Sorry. Um, we, we got a couple guys. You know, they've they've got um, Tristan McKenzie, pitching prospect. Right. They've got a few guys that, that are, are are pitching prospects that are pretty solid. They've got a kid at third base, Nolan Jones, that's going to be does it with the bat, does it with the glove. I think he's going to be a solid guy for them. Okay. We've got a couple of guys that are at the lower levels that are pretty impressive, but yeah, definitely a guy that we talked about. I think Cross is pretty high on. Uh, Daniel Espino. I think you got to see yeah. him play a couple times and actually got to see him firsthand. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he was there. Um, uh, we just saw him walking, um, but we saw some of the guys out there throwing and they were hitting in cages and that. We didn't really see him hit. Um, there was kind of in a closed place, but man, I was listening to those guys throw and man, this ball just smacks in their glove like, yeah, they're throwing a lot harder than us 50-year-olds out here, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they, another another kid I want to mention with them, too, that we talked about that we all love, and it's far down, a kid named George, George Valera. George Valera okay. is an outfielder that you want to keep your eye on as well. He's going to be a solid cool. player. Yeah, well, so far they still have Lindor, and that's, you know, I've said I was really hoping they'd keep him, so that's good. So, All right, well, hey, thanks again, Ron, for it's good to be back, and uh, we got sure. about 20 seconds left, so I'll just kind of remind everybody, check out BigGuyFantasySports.com, check out the new baseball consistency information analysis, all the great stuff. Of course, you can always follow me on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. We will be back here every week now for quite a while. Everybody have a great week. Take care. God bless.